When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Podcast on 5th Ave. I think we're all getting really excited because uh, we're officially less than a week away from the start of the regular season with the Penguins getting gearing up to go to Tampa to take on the uh, defending champion Lightning. That's going to be a good game, but there, there are still some things that they need to figure out, you know, before, before we get to that point. And with... The absence of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, the third and fourth line center, still that those positions are still up for grabs. So Taylor, after watching these first handful of preseason games, all of all of these fringe players, guys from Wilkes-Barre and even just guys on the team kind of rotating around in different positions, who are your two picks to fill those slots uh, down the down the center line? Yeah, so I think my first pick would be Evan Rodriguez, and I, th- I feel like that's what they're leaning towards, too, on the second line um, with Zucker and Kapitan. He's been there the most often, and, you know, of the guys that are, you know, of the options they have, he does have the most experience playing at this level, playing at center, other than Boyle, who didn't play last year, but um, he would be my pick to, to fill that, that second line center role because, you know, I think Bluger is going to stay in the third line with mm-hmm. Aston Reese, McGinn, whoever's going to, going to be there. Um, so those, he would be my, my pick. So the, and I, so he would also be my pick to stay until Malkin comes back because Malkin, I mean, going to be out until December. Crosby's probably only going to be out of four games. It looked like based on the original timeline they gave us. So I think I'd rather give that opportunity to someone like Drew O'Connor, um, a young guy who I, I think it would be good experience for him. And again, it's probably only a couple of games. Um, he can move to wing um, or go down to Wilkes-Barre if, you know, he doesn't fit after those couple of games. Um, but, you know, he's someone he played about half his games at center in Wilkes-Barre. Um, he's played two games at center in the preseason. And I thought he looked good. Um, the first game in was in Buffalo, and he went ten and four in faceoffs. He lost more than he won in, in the last game at home against Buffalo as center. But um, I thought he's looked good, and he's a young guy. I'd, I'd like to see him get that shot over maybe someone like Boyle, who I, I, I don't I don't know if Boyle would be a long term option to stick around for the rest of the season. Anyway, mm-hmm. after watching his, his skating, especially so, O'Connor and Rodriguez would be my picks. Solid options. Jenna, who who would your two guys be? I was going to say, it's a good thing that we are uh, all friends because I think I'm exactly on the same page. And <laughs> like, Taylor, you, like you hit it perfectly. But I think Evan Rodriguez is kind of that role player guy. We mentioned it a little bit, but this is kind of the t- same type of player he was in Buffalo where you could plug him on a line with whoever and he would still find success. He's still a guy that can set his teammates up really well. He also can generate score. He has scoring ability. He can generate goals. Obviously, he's not going to be 
a guy that goes out there and scores, you know, 20, 30 goals by any means, but he can mm-hmm. kind of be good for some of those goals when you don't think that he's going to get you one. He's always, he's, he has a knack for doing that. He has such a knack for scoring goals that you're just like you, especially against Buffalo too. I've always <laughs> noticed that. Like I always joke, oh, you know, he's good for like one, a game against the Sabres and I'll tweet like, oh, Evan Rodriguez revenge game <laughs> again, because he always does that. Um, but uh, he, I mean, he kind of is, I don't want to say a veteran presence, but he's a guy that they're very high on that has experience in the league that can play well with a lot of people. And again, if he's on a line with Zucker and Kappen, and I think those three will bode really well, you'll get good things from him. It's not going to be anything spectacular by any means. Of course, it's not going to be an Evgeny Malkin level, but he's going to be a steady presence out there that, you know, you can trust when he's out there, he is going to make plays. And then, I mean, my goodness, Drew O'Connor's speed, I think is all I've heard everybody talk about. Like that took over my Twitter timeline, not only from all of you guys, all the Penguins beat reporters, but a lot of the Sabres people as well, the last couple games here where mm-hmm. they were saying, you know, man, Drew O'Connor looks good. He's showing a lot of flash. And who knows? I mean, maybe just coming in last year, the way he came in and, you know, playing a couple games, you know, not being a, a bad presence by any means, but just needing that NHL experience. Because again, he had a solid college career, but there's always that next jump. And I think this offseason, we saw him again. I feel like what he was the one that cut out dairy and gluten. Dairy and gluten, and he did really work on his strength and his speed, which, I mean, we're seeing. And I, I talked to people. He trained with, like, Chris Kreider and uh, Hayden on the Rangers and then Hayden on the Devils, which, like, I mean, Kreider, not, not a bad guy to be working out with. Yeah. No. Also, my God, cutting dairy and gluten out of my diet would just make me sad. I know. Yeah, miserable. <laughs> so, uh, Drew O'Connor, I, I give you a lot of credit for doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously, clearly, that's been a thing that's paid off for him. He's finding that next level to his game, which I think the Penguins understand that they need. And for him, he probably sees this as an incredible opportunity to say, hey, you know, we are missing two of our top guys. I want to do all I can in the preseason and in training camp to prove I should be on this roster for the time being, and I'm going to do all I can to get a spot here to stay here for as long as I can. Yeah, yeah. He, he does. I, I would like to see him be better defensively. He did kind of have a rough first period in, in that last uh, game at home against uh, Buffalo. But, I mean, he talked about that, that he needs to be you know reliable defensively to be a center um, in, in, at this level. So, uh, again, it, it's only going to be probably four games until Crosby comes back, but I'd be willing to take that risk um, to put him out there at center. Yeah, it's definitely not a bad option. Again, with what he's kind of shown up to this point in the preseason, you know, you're not you're not going to fill those roles, but for him to kind of be there and you know say, hey, look at what I can do. You see my body of work up to this point, and it's been decently impressive for what was expected of him. Yeah, Jordan, yeah. what would your picks be? So I'm obviously going to stick with the Drew O'Connor portion of it. I feel like he has more than earned his his place in the lineup with the preseason and the camp that he's had. He's just so quick. And his his awareness and his puck handling and his passing, like with the exception of a few moments, have just been really amazing, like so, just something to watch. And he's just all over the ice all the time. And I think that he is he's the kind of – two-way player that the the bottom six really needs uh right now with you know the all of the injuries on the on the uh higher end players like it I just feel like he would add some some energy and some spark that maybe 
you know, have have gone off to Seattle, uh, far, far away. But I'm so maybe I'm just uh, blinded by my own personal, irrational, unexplainable love for him. But I really want to see what would happen if they put Redeem Zahorna at the center position. Uh, he made he made some uh, very errant decisions, like passes last night, and he he made some glaring mistakes. But he just has this like wildfire, like spark in him, like energy that is. And uh, DK even said it last night on Twitter, and we were kind of going back and forth about it. it there's something about it that's reminiscent of early years gino like the way the way that he just kind of like hops out there on the ice and he's just he's another fast dude like for his size he just glides around on the ice like a gazelle and i think that he he seems like the kind of guy that can make mistakes and then immediately correct them and i i think that i would love to see like i i was really impressed last night with the way that Zucker, Zahorna, and Kapanen all kind of played together and fed off of each other. There, there were moments that I was like, whoa, this line is buzzing, and I want more of this. Please don't take this away just yet. So, and and if if that doesn't work out, then yeah, you have you have a guy like Evan Rodriguez who is more familiar with the team with playing at the professional level. Uh, but I personally like I feel like Erod plays better when his minutes are more limited. Um, like when he was up on the top line, he he just kind of existed. He didn't he didn't really do a whole lot. And there was a lot of pressure on him to perform at a top line level because he was on the top line with Sidney Crosby. So I think that the he, he seems to thrive in a more minimal role. So keep maybe potentially keeping him on the wing and sliding him down to third or fourth line. I, I would prefer to see that, but you never know. Like it's a new season. Uh, a, a lot has changed. A lot of guys need to step up and I feel like Zahorna would be a risk, but it's one that I just am all here for. I would, I would love to see it. Yeah. And he, he did speak um, Tuesday about needing to make better, better decisions. And he mm -hmm. spoke about not being happy with some of the passes he made. I think I would just like to see him with his size, be more physical and finish more of his, mm -hmm. his shifts. I mean, we saw that Tuesday where there were a couple of minutes where uh, moments where he went into the corners with someone or maybe it, it's like that should have been a hit and then it wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, he, I think he would be my next pick. Um, I, I'm still not crazy about Boyle. I again his skating mostly I think him he's not going to make some of those bad decisions that we have seen Zahorna make and you know O'Connor make uh in the first period Tuesday so that might hurt earn him a spot over some of these younger guys but um I don't know I I, I think he would he would be in consideration and that's real that's really all it sounds to i mean dominic simone people talk about him he hasn't played center all this preseason um and i think i asked him about his comfort level at center in training camp and he was pretty clear that he really didn't like it mm -hmm. <laughs> sam Poulin really hasn't had that great of a camp um mm -hmm. and phil pollander didn't have a great debut again he was hurt 
um, to start camp, but um, he also hasn't played center in about three years. So I think really you're down to those four guys that are in consideration, yeah. Rodriguez, um, O'Connor's a horn on Boyle. Yeah. yeah. Going to be interesting to see how it plays out with the game tomorrow in Detroit and then the, the game on uh, Saturday in Columbus, right? They're playing the, the Blue Jackets. Yeah, so we'll we'll hopefully start to really see the the full picture come together because that yeah, like like I said at the beginning, less than a week away. So these are decisions that are gonna need to be made. And just because they make it now doesn't mean they have to stick with it until Gino's back. But you would think that they're gonna probably try to go with a long term solution up front. So uh, I'm on the edge of my seat, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to seeing who they who they pick and they have they have some solid options but let's take a break really quick and uh come back and start to talk a little bit more in depth about the other standouts of the preseason And we are back. So the third and fourth line center discussion is not the only thing there is to talk about because there were plenty of other guys that really impressed this preseason, and it's not even over yet. So from the first handful of preseason games, Jenna, who has kind of caught your eye the most and maybe surprised you the most? I think we touched on a little bit, but I think Drew O'Connor for me. And again, with guys like that, it's, you know, coming in, what expectations are they being held to? I think obviously with the difficulty in selection and the amount of centers the team has right now, options for that, there was a little more of attention towards the guys who could play center. But like we were mm -hmm. saying in the last segment there, just, I mean, his speed, just the way that, you know, he was playing the game, what we heard from Mike Sullivan talk about him and, you know, how high he was on him. And of course, you know, I think part of it too is, you know, I, I always laugh because he's a Dartmouth College guy and everyone automatically is like, oh, Dartmouth College, Sullivan, two and two type thing. Um, loving the uh, Boston, New England area colleges. <laughs> um, and the Ivy League um, um, among that too. Dartmouth is an Ivy League, right? Am I crazy? Yeah, yeah. so. Sounds like it. Like this, I don't want to like throw that out into the world and then be like, no, that's not me. <laughs> Um, but I mean, from again, from what I saw and there, there's a couple other answers too. I mean, obviously Casper Kapanen is playing fantastic as we've seen mm -hmm. the last thing. I know there was a little bit of intrigue because you know, how much, how in shape was he coming into camp? How in shape are these guys when they come in type thing? You know, he'd, uh, spent the summer, uh, having some fun look like based on his Instagram, which honestly I respect and love that. Him and the whole romance, like my goodness, mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, he kind of just, I think his game is going to continue to grow. I think also we're going to see him build so much confidence. He's a guy that already has a whole lot, but the way he talked in one of the interviews, um, I think it was probably the first time we talked to him in camp, um, where he kind of said, you know, it really helped last season, you know, having one of his best seasons. I think he mm -hmm. knows how well he played and how much he can build on that too. I think that's something that he clearly wants to continue. And just the way he has performed in these preseason games, like we talked about the first game, the first period, I felt like you just noticed him all over the ice. And then obviously mm -hmm. his goal uh, in the most recent game, which Taylor, I know uh, we, you love as, as a fan, Jordan, you love that. 
If oh you're God. in the press box and you're covering the game, that's <laughs> the worst thing that can happen ever. I laughed so hard when I was on Twitter yesterday, just scrolling. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, everyone in that press box is probably like, son of a... Well, yeah, the, <laughs> the time it takes you to get down to the press box. So yeah. we, we normally leave at the, maybe like a stoppage kind of late in the third go down to the media room where there are TVs, so we don't we don't get to watch it but it's not from the press box but yeah it's like 52 seconds left and cap it and scores and we're all down there in the media room like is he for real and like you know like <laughs> one of the um one of the other writers because i mean that game what mark friedman got hit real bad in the first period mm -hmm. he dropped, dropped the block a shot Honestly, I don't think anyone really saw where it hit him. If you looked at the, the tweets from all of us, it's like we all picked a different body part. I said face, yep. someone said knee, someone said foot. I said head, yeah. Yeah, well, because he, he dropped and he was in like a ball, like trying to block the shot. And like at the replays, I think maybe it hit him in the knee and bounced into his mm -hmm. face. But that happened. Mike Sullivan got hit. One of the other reporters was, it was like, a weird the game. With the way the puck is going, Captain, why did you do that? Just get out of there. It's a pretty oh, just and back out of the way. It went to what the nine rounds of a shootout, and we're all mm -hmm. just like, end this. <laughs> and then like Zucker finally scored. And we're like, thank goodness. Like the preseason game. There's like someone's gonna get hurt. Just get out of there. But um mm -hmm. anyway, my pick um for my favorite standout. Um uh, I feel like maybe this is cliche for me to pick a Wilkes-Barre guy, but Jordy Bellarive, um, mm. I've said a number of times, I think even on this podcast, that you know, of the forwards in the system already, no one reminds me more of Tanev than him. Um, mm. And he's played uh, two games. He, he And he did play at center, and I thought he fared well at center. Um, Face-offs weren't great in one of those games, but um, I asked Sullivan – between those two games, you know, like just whatever your impressions are, Bellary, and he kind of like lit up. Like you could tell how much he liked Bellary's game. He said um, he plays with a lot of moxie. He's an energy guy. He has a physical dimension to his game. He's real competitive. I thought he played hard. He's a real competitor. Um, and then the game in Buffalo, he drops the glove and gets in a fight. Uh, you know, the next day after I saw him about that, and it was not a close fight. I don't know who the poor guy he fought on on Buffalo is. I, I saw he's in Rochester now, but. It was um, Kay Picard, who, by yeah. the way, is like, when I covered him in Buffalo, he is known for being like a pest. He loves it, too. He always is like, I like to be out there. I like to get under a guy's skin. And he usually wins dec a decent amount of fights. So for Bellarive to just pummel him like yeah. that. Yeah, he and he's he's bigger than Bellary. Bellary, I think, is only maybe 5'10", mm -hmm. 5'11". He's, he's very stocky, but uh, Picard is bigger. And... I saw people like when he got in that fight, like trying to like downplay it, like, oh, he's a European, like soft, but like, no, like he, he, he fights. Like I looked up his like fight history and like I put it in my story. Like he didn't just pick some scrub, but um, I remember I some people were saying on the Sabres broadcast, like no real winners in that one. It was pretty close. And it's like, are we watching the same fight? Yeah, that was wild. It was not a close I, fight. It was not close, but that's, that's Bellary. If he would do that in Wilkes-Barre. Um, and the thing with Bellary is he's just so clutch. Um, to this point uh, in his career, 12 of his 22 career goals um, have been in the third period or overtime, which is just crazy. Like, his nickname in Wilkes-Barre is Big Gold Belly. Um, you know, like, they call him that on the broadcast, like, J.D. Forrest, the head coach, would call him that, too. Um, I don't know. I, I asked him during camp, like, why do you think you've been able to come up, you know, clutch so many? Like, he had two overtime goals last season. Um, but, and he said, uh, he's like, oh, you know, I just, I just love scoring the big goals. He didn't really have a great answer, but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's been great. I did ask um, Wilkes-Barre assistant coach Kevin Porter, who does coach the forwards and the PK, which, I mean, Bellarive, big part of the PK too, what he thinks Bellarive needs to do to get up to this level. And he said the biggest thing for him is just to improve his face-offs. Couldn't give you his mm-hmm. Wilkes-Barre face-off numbers because the AHL does not track face-offs hits. Um, oh. Um, literally anything useful. Um, <laughs> they don't uh, – <laughs> time on ice. They don't have time on ice. Um, at least publicly. So I couldn't tell you how, you know, he fared in, in face-offs and give you an exact number, but they said that's the biggest thing with him. Um, and he is entering the last year of his entry-level contract. I would love to see him get a shot up here. Just He's the type of player Sullivan, Sullivan really likes. And um, another player who kind of plays a very Sullivan-like game is Casper Bjorkquist. And I thought he had a pretty – a quiet good game uh, Tuesday. Um mm-hmm. No points, but um, I mean, physical, chippy. He drives to the net. He's when he was here. So he he played in Finland last year um, because you know they started earlier. Um, The season before that, they would show him videos of Patrick Hornquist um, doing drills and like in games. And as an example of like, we want we see you as this type of player. We want you to be like this and do the things he does. Um, And that that it really is a great comparison um, especially for his net front abilities um they do have a similar name too but he <laughs> casper is is finished <laughs> but uh yeah no, those those would be my two quiet standouts of the guys who again casper's on the nhl roster bella reeves down and and will spare but but both of them i i think could see nhl time this year yeah who would be your yeah. first jordan Ooh, well, yeah, Jordy Bellarive looked has looked really, really good. I, I thought that uh, in in the games where he's played, Nathan Legare has looked solid. Um, honestly, for me, the the guy who really swept me off my feet was Michael Chaput. Like, I I'm a sucker for net front presence. So that goal that he got in the, in the game in Buffalo where he was just like hovering around the crease and then was just waiting. He was waiting for the puck and he was right where he needed to be, flipped it around, shot it into the net. Beautiful. And I, I just, I I love it so much seeing that because I feel like for the past several years, the penguins have been lacking that they just like, they'll pass around the perimeter. They'll shoot from the perimeter they're not really creating much traffic in front in the in the lane so the goalie sees everything that's going on all the time and it's it's it feels like that's the reason why they've had such terrible puck luck and they're outplaying their opponents and out controlling the the their opponents like it just but they just aren't really getting into those gritty zones so to see a guy just come up and put himself right in there like I, I was very impressed by that, and I just I thought his overall play was really solid too. So I, I enjoyed watching him. Um, and then, you know, Kasperi Kapanen and Jeff Carter have both. Uh, it, it's preseason, and obviously they're not playing who they're going to be playing in the regular season, but they've looked spectacular. They have looked so good like they're ready to step up and be those top six guys that uh they that they're really gonna have to rely on what with the you know captain and uh another top 50 player in the league being out so i i think that 
there's a lot of promise for for a lot of these guys and Pio Joseph has looked pretty solid too. He I, I think that he's he's had a very consistent camp and preseason. Like he he's done well. He looks more comfortable uh playing on this level now. Uh and I, I would honestly personally love to keep seeing him play and grow because I think that once he really starts clicking, he's gonna be off the charts. But the yeah, that's just uh, you know, I listed like seven guys but the those the, the first few uh jordy bellarive legere and then chaput those are my three like oh yeah you yeah. guys legere his speed i mean we've talked about it on here before just really stands out he got a whole lot faster over the last year he dropped 15 pounds uh which is crazy to me just in the last that is year wild yeah he said just mostly changing his diet but um, of the of the the big three forward prospects that everyone is excited about, Legre, Poulain, Hollander, Legre far and above number mm -hmm. one out of that group. Poulain, again, I don't think his skating is quite up to NHL speed. He then he really just hasn't had that great of a camp. I thought in Hollander, we just talked about how he didn't have the greatest start. He was hurt, and when he came back in, he he did have a rough start in that game. Again, it's I think all three of them start in Wilkesbury regardless. But from what we've seen, Legre maybe closest to being NHL ready. Um, mm. Legre, if we're talking standouts, I, I talked about Jason Zucker's suit on here in the press box. It's like a muted teal kind of magenta uh, plaid print. And he, I was like, that's my favorite suit I've seen of all the scratches in the press box so far. Nathan Legre on Tuesday took the title for best press box suit. It was, it's like gray, uh, blue and white, like plaid, very bold. Um, if people want to see it, if you look on his Instagram, he, he had just pulled up. It, we, I don't, he, was in, he was in the elevator and we're all like, dude, like great suit. Um, that's NHL level. But uh, yeah, it was this prom suit in 2018. If you look at his Instagram, but um, he's, he's look good um, in camp uh, for sure, at, at least out of, out of those three. So um, yeah, I think he sees NHL time too this year. Yeah. We've got a lot to look forward to in that suit. I just can't get over it. Oh, my God. It's Incredible. so slick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned Joseph, too, real quick. I, mm -hmm. I just don't see what his path is right now because yeah. he, does, he has only ever played on the left side. He did confirm that, that even juniors, minors, he never mm -hmm. pushed it over to the right side. And obviously on the left side, they have Dumoulin, Matheson, Pedersen above him in the depth chart. Um, in Tuesday's game, they did dress for lefties. Um Ricola and Joseph, along with um, Pedersen and Dumoulin. So at the morning skate, you figured, you know, either Joseph or Ricola would play on the right side. Joseph, again, never has. Ricola actually has a fair amount. I saw Bob Grove tweeted that of his career starts, 49% of his starts have come on the right side, so his offside. Um, I, and they, they rotated the defense in that skate, so we didn't get an idea of what they'd use. And I asked Sullivan, like, with four lefties, would you use this as an opportunity to try both Ricola and Joseph on the right side, like switch them just to give Joseph that experience? And he said they're going to start Ricola, but possibly, but we never did see Joseph play on the right side. And Ricola actually did fare pretty well on the right side. So, I mean, on the right side, that opening left by Cody Cece is really down to Friedman, Ruido, or, or Ricola um, with uh, Friedman and Ruido being natural righties. Um, mm, yeah. But yeah, the, the, the fact that Joseph, we didn't see him on the right side tells me that 
that's yeah. not where he's going to get a shot to be an NHL regular. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, why don't we take another break and then we will come back for a little bit more dissection of uh, what we're anticipating and predicting for this season. We are back again. So looking ahead to this 2021-2022 regular season, Taylor, what are some of your big picture predictions for the Penguins this year? I'm going to say they don't make the playoffs. Just looking at how competitive the division is um, and how other teams did get better um, and other teams that are going to be like, to, like, so like the Rangers and the Devils who weren't playoff teams last year and just seeing the strides they took over the offseason mm-hmm. and younger players making strides in their development. I think it's, I mean, it's going to be a really tough division. And I, I'm going to say that this is the year that the playoff streak ends. Um, but again, I think I also said that last year and they end up winning the division. So uh, you never know. I guess you can't count them out ever because no one predicted them to win the division last year. I think a lot of people also did predict they would miss the playoffs last year. But um, I don't know, especially with Malkin being out as long as he is, it's going to be it's going to be a tough year. We know Crosby always elevates elevates his game. They elevate their game whenever the other one's out. So I think Mm -hmm. we're going to see Crosby step up his game um, when he does come back. But I don't know. Even even then, I, I just don't I don't see this being uh, a playoff team or at least not a contender for the cup. That's fair, Jenna. What do you have? Anything that's a little brighter, or are you kind of uh, <laughs> kind of on the same page? I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just now I'm really sad because I'm realizing, <laughs> much like the Steelers' sack streak ended a couple weeks ago, there's a very good chance that the playoff streak could end this year. Jenna, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, the division is so intriguing to me. I like this is might be honestly the most exciting division to watch in hockey this year, just because of you're bringing Carolina back in who they're always under the radar. One of my favorite teams to kind of keep an eye on just because I think they're such a fun team to watch. Um, Obviously, we know what the Islanders are. We know, you know, the Rangers are good. The Caps are still going to be the Caps. So this is going to be a really intriguing, you know, every game matters, obviously, but every game in the division is going to feel like it matters so much more just because of the fact that it could be so competitive. And you don't, you know, like Taylor was saying, you can't count the Rangers and the Devils out consistently. You can't do that. I mean, I still... Uh, the Rangers still have some questions that need to be answered. I think they're a better mm-hmm. team than the Devils as of right now. But in terms of like Penguin Central predictions, I can go a little more. I'll, I'll bring some optimism. I think we're going to see really good seasons from both Jake Gensel and Kasperi happen. And I think those are two guys that a lot of people obviously have stock in and rightfully so. But I think this could be a 30, 35, even maybe 40 goal season for Gensel. I think you're going to see a lot of really good production from Kapanen. I mean, I think he's going to build on his game. Also, I mean, we have to remember they're going back to the full 82 game schedule. They haven't played like this in two full seasons. If I'm doing that yeah. right in my head, because obviously the mm-hmm. you are yeah. <laughs> what day it is anymore, let alone what year we're in. Nah, um, it really doesn't matter. 
eh, you know, um, but they're getting back into a routine that they're so accustomed to, mm-hmm. but it's going to be, you know, really, they haven't played this full grind of a schedule. Also, it's going to kind of come down to two, how healthy can you stay? So in hindsight, maybe it's almost a good thing. Like, I feel like we heard, I, I want to say Hextall was the one that said this, but you know, you're starting the season off without two of your best guys. You're getting mm-hmm. Crosby and Malkin back throughout the season. You're just going to get better. So if they can mm-hmm. start off strong against, I mean, you know, also with the Tampa game, it's going to be kind of a good, you know, hey, where is this team at? This is the level that they're at right now. Kind of a good barometer of where they could go. And knowing that, hey, you're going to get two of the best players in the league back on your team and it's just going to make you stronger. Like if you can hang on for a little bit um, without the absence of Crosby, I I think they're still going to be a good team. Obviously you can't count them out, but yeah, I mean, this, uh, it could be the year that the playoff streak ends. I know a lot of Pittsburgh fans hope that that doesn't happen, but Mm -hmm. with where the division's at right now, it could, it could happen. Not to keep pumping every other division team's tires, but I mean, even the Flyers, like the Flyers really weren't that far out of it last year. And their biggest holes were goaltending and the Mm -hmm. defense. Even if you account for the poor defense in front of Carter Hart, um, there's a stat, advanced stat, um, goals saved above expected, which does take Mm -hmm. into account the quality um, and quantity of shots faced and how basically how a goaltender performs given uh, given that, and Carter Hart still yeah. did underperform, um, but I mean Carter Hart is a rookie, very strong. So, and yeah. they did resign Carter Hart, so they do have confidence that he can rebound. And if he can rebound, and they did really upgrade their defense with a couple of pieces. Um, so I, I think you know there really aren't a whole lot of bad teams in this division now. It's mm-hmm. gonna be really tough. Also, Keith Yandel, Keith Yandel on the Flyers, he, he's like one of my favorite players. I don't know if you guys saw that video of it. I, they need to have him mic'd up every game. Yes. Um, the, the one that went viral like this week was like, I guess anytime a goaltender settles the puck behind the net and like leaves it for him, he skates by and he says, thank you. Um, the thing, oh um, I never know. He, I never knew he did that. I, I just, I just thought that was so funny to hear that mic'd up. Just so polite. But the other thing I love hearing Keith Handel do, um, he calls it sonking, um, which like when he's waiting behind the net, trying to start um, a breakout, he'll, fake a pass to, to someone but not actually pass the puck if, if so if there's you know an opponent waiting for him and and fool the opponent the opponent moves and then when he does that mm-hmm. and he falls for it he'll sunk um i remember he did when he uh was in pittsburgh well last time he was with the, with the panthers he did that to thomas Tapali and thomas Tapali is one of his first games so i don't know looking forward to seeing keith yandel in in pittsburgh more just because um he's so fun um but uh, I don't know. Not, but not great for the Penguins, though. <laughs> Care about that? Not. Uh, it's definitely not. I, I feel like I may be a little bit more on the um, unwarranted optimistic side of things. I don't see the Penguins as a Stanley Cup contender. I think there are way too many question marks there and not enough cap space to address the issues that they're going to face throughout the course of the season. Unfortunately, I could, what I kind of see happening is them sort of heating up as the season goes along. I feel like Sidney Crosby just has like superhuman willpower 
that spills out onto people around him. Yeah. And I we've watched him single-handedly literally like will the team into the playoffs. Like they're struggling and then all of a sudden it's like how what? First round. Okay. I feel like it's going to be very similar to the last two years. I think they're going to squeak into the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division this year. think that because teams like Jersey and the Rangers and the Flyers, like they're still, they're trending up and the Penguins are trending down. But I think that in that crisscross or the, the kind of like, intersection we're still slightly above them in our downward slope than they are up if that even makes sense i think that they the rangers specifically probably have one more year to play through before they actually see the postseason and jersey is getting better but the devils still are they when they struggle they struggle hard so i i think that and the Flyers can be super streaky. They, they, their biggest issue has been consistency. And I, I think that it's likely that the Penguins can keep it together long enough to get them a postseason spot. But I think that they're going to just disappoint in the first round again, which is painful to think about. But I they've really given no reason to to believe otherwise that they're actually going to like have things fall into place this year and suddenly breeze past and go to the second round conference finals Stanley Cup like I just I don't see that happening yeah. again anytime soon which is sad but I I do think that uh, Jenna you mentioned it I I think Casper Kapanen is going to have a career season he he has looked so good in the preseason. He looked really solid last year. I think that he's just going to get better and better. And I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm more so going to be uh, reveling in individual players' accomplishments this year because I think that we're going to see some really cool stuff, and I think there will be fun storylines to follow. It's just not going to be as a team, unfortunately. I think Wilkes-Barre is going to – be more exciting to follow than they have in in recent years. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs. Well, the AHL didn't have playoffs the last two years. They missed the playoffs in 2019, um, so they haven't made the playoffs since 2018. But I mean, some of the young guys that are going to be down there. I mean, Pule and Legere Hollander. I'm pretty sure going to start down. All going to start down there. Pustinen. Um, I think he's going to be uh, great. Uh, this, to, to follow this season, and then the guys like Delary Bjorkquist um, mm-hmm. taking steps. I think Wilkesbury is going to have a, a good year, and it's going to be a lot of fun to follow Wilkesbury. Um, hold on, here's a fun question though. So, who's going to who the All Star game? Who's going to be Penguins representative? Because now the way they're doing it is the All Star game is immediately followed by the NHL break. So Crosby, Malkin, maybe probably Gensel Kapanen, not candidates. Um, because they're going to be in China um, or Teddy Bluger because Teddy Bluger's gonna be, Teddy Bluger's going to be pick. He's going to he's Teddy Bluger is going to be an Olympian. Yep. Um, so like you might see like Brian Russ because I don't think Brian Russ is going to make Team USA, but like Brian Russ, I think you know could be an yeah. All Star this year, which um, would be really cool to see from him. 
That'd be awesome. No, I think you're right. I think if he doesn't make Team Canada or Team USA, excuse me, wow. Um, <laughs> also, like, can we just Olympic for a minute? If Canada, mm. like, I hate saying this because obviously USA all the way, but if Canada doesn't win the Olympics, yeah, they that roster. I, I don't know. Again, we haven't had NHL players in the Olympics since 26. No, 20. Yeah. Well, 26, 20, 20, 2016, 20, 2018. 20, 2018. Yeah. Wow, well, Matt, no, we can do 2018, it. 2018, whatever. Okay. No, yeah. Yeah. So it would have been 20, <laughs> no, 2014 because it was Sochi. It was, it was. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep, yep, oh, like 2018, Lord. they yeah, they didn't have any. So they didn't have them. Yeah. Yep. So they, we haven't had this. And then you yeah. look at Team Canada. It's just I'm like, this is just unfair. It's it's like holy I, I don't have words. I when you look at that, like the fact that what is it? It's Bergeron, Marchand, and Crosby. And McDavid. Like and, and McDavid and McKinnon. It's like yeah. she's like Oh. Kale McCarr too, right? Yep, McCarr. Yep. And oh my God, it's this, it, this is going to be one of the best rosters Team USA has had in a while too. But I don't think uh, I don't know. Don't let Mike Sullivan know I said this, but I don't think we're going to see Team USA win gold. Well, especially because they're probably not even going to have Jack Eichel. So blame yeah. the Sabers for that. Um, can the Sabers be classified as an enemy of the state because Jack Eichel can't go to the Olympics? Maybe that's something to consider. <laughs> That's a great question that uh, definitely needs answered. It's an offense. <laughs> but yeah, I, the Olympics, I think, are going to be really, really fun to follow. And especially because Ted, Teddy Bluger is going to be there. I think that's really cool for him because mm -hmm. he, was, he, he was a big part of Latvia qualifying. Like, they, they didn't earn their spot based off the IIH, IIHF rankings. They had to qualify in the tournament. Mm -hmm. So, um, And he captained Latvia in that tournament. So that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be captain for... Um, you know the actual Olympics, but that would just be really cool if he was like Team Latvia Olympic captain, like Teddy Bluger, mm -hmm. and then Gensel too. You know, he—I don't think he's necessarily a lock um, with all the other Fords and Team USA has, but I think he, he has a good shot of make, mm -hmm. making his first Olympics. So that'd be cool. And then Kapanen too. I think Kapanen um, is definitely in consideration. Yeah, for these guys too. I mean, this was something that they pushed for so hard, and obviously mm -hmm. we'll deep dive into this later as the season goes. But this was something they were like, "We want this." This was their, you know, part of the CBA when they were agreeing to the return to play. It was like, "All right, you know, we want to play in the Olympics. This means so much to them." Yeah, they know the risks associated, and they're still like, you know, no, we want to represent our country on the national stage. And my God, mm -hmm. it's gonna be wow! Oh, that's I'm gonna so be so excited. good. Well, it's gonna be so good. And because they are normally in Olympic year, they don't have the all-star game. We are getting both, you know, yeah. even if, you know, when they are going to the Olympics. So I think they're going to have like a, it's like a three week total break, which yeah. could be good, be good for something like Jeff Carter. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they are going to go back to an 82 game season. He is older. Um, so, I mean, three weeks off in the middle of the season to, you know, kind of recharge um, guys are always, you know, um, bruised up a little that time of year. So for someone like Carter, um, who is older, I mean, this this could really help him um, yep. if they are still in contention for a playoff spot um, by that time uh, this year. Yeah, and just to get you know get guys healthy at that point, you know, if there are injuries, knowing hey, you have a decent amount of mm -hmm. time to get guys back. Also, 
COVID, we've seen what it can do up to this point. So that could be a good thing too, where it's like, all right, they're not around each other consistently yeah. in three weeks. Yeah, hopefully that's, I mean, the Penguins, what they made it through the last two seasons without a single in-season, you know, positive case. And now they have two um, with Aston Reese and Gensel. And we're recording this on Wednesday. The last update we had was that Gensel to this point has been asymptomatic, which means that he could return for the, the season opener. So like the NHL protocols um, say that you sit out at least 10 days from the onset of symptoms. But it's, well, what if you're not symptomatic? Um, I, I, it's like last season, I believe, where two negative tests can a, a day apart can awesome. clear you. Yeah. So Gensel, they they could still have him potentially for uh, the Shoot. season opener. Astrid though was symptomatic. Um, mm -hmm. He did have mild symptoms, but uh, Sullivan said I think it was Tuesday that he's feeling a lot better. So, mm -hmm. um, but given when the symptoms we believe started, he still also could be back in time for the opener, which. Um, Great news for the Penguins because they don't need any more guys going down uh, at this point. Nope. Yeah, that's so true. Well, exciting things ahead regardless of what happens with the Penguins because, yeah, even if they are sucking it up midseason, we'll have a break for the Olympics. So we'll we'll have plenty to talk about throughout the season. But, yeah, we'll, we'll be here again for all types of coverage on the Penguins, on the the AHL team on the Olympics, all of it. And we just, yeah, hope that you will join us for it. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in again to the podcast on fifth Avenue. We will see you on next week.